If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West uh, Wire football podcast, Championship Edition. That's right, folks. If you head over to we have predictions. We're going to have more stuff by the time you hear this. We have uh, our podcast recap last week's on the front page. shouldn't be there. But we have all sorts of stuff going on with the postseason just about here. We have Hal Rubble's quit. We have Broncos quit. We're going to have coaching news we'll talk about. We're talking about everything today. we got uh, portal stuff we'll get to later. That'll be another show because there's too much going on right now, Josh, as you're here with me. But we're going to get into coaching news, all conference, crazy predictions for the Mountain's title game, and just our normal preview and stuff. So how are you feeling about the game, Josh, before we get to it? What's your, uh, are you excited for it? How excited are you? I mean, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. You know, we'll see how UNLV responds after last week. Uh, with, with you because Boise State has the momentum, especially after beating Air Force. So it, you know they're riding that high. They may want to win it for everyone after firing Avila. So we'll see what happens. All right. So let's get to, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to coaching stuff. Let's start there at Boise State because right now I love how Boise State is basically with their with Dickie there, Jeremiah Dickie, the AD, giving a play by play of what they're doing. They're not saying who they're interviewing or anything, but they've been giving frequent updates. And so you have Spencer Danielson, interim coach. He legit – I don't know if he'll get the job. He's interviewed for the job. Do you say if he if they win the conference title, is he getting the job? Or would they go still go with somebody else but just keep, then keep him on staff? I don't I, – I think he might be the favorite for the job no matter what because I know a lot of the players like him. There were some, you know, social media rumors going around that some players may leave if they don't. So it's it's up to you know you never know how to take if you don't if you take that at face value, I, I don't know what you do. Do you do you lean into that and just keep them or do you just go your own route? If they go out and bring in like freaking Bronco Mendenhall, I'd be like that'd be slap in the face. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the thing is, was the defense really the problem outside of the Washington game? It. I think it was more decision making than just defense because oh. I mean you had the they were crushing CSU for a good bit and then they just let off the gas almost. Why well, just mean like the defensive scoring? They give up twenty five points a game. The only real bad games they had like the first note loss was weird thirty seven and Washington fifty six. But saying like twenty something points a game is fine. Defense wasn't an issue and so. In the past, ever when he took over the past two games, he'll do just eight to ten points. He just has some pretty good players. They've arguably some of the best receivers in the conference. I think part of going off topic a little bit. That's I think fine. Part of Utah State's issue was they were too condensed and they didn't like to spread it around. 
which allowed Boise State to, to focus in on that. I think, yeah, and I think that's part of um, you know these issue a little bit too, at least on offense, because they only have, you know, you have Ricky White with thirteen hundred receiving yards. Their next closest person is Jacob DeJesus with four hundred fifty six. So I mean, yeah. like if you can limit you know these offense, which Boise State has shown that they can do. Potentially, yeah. yeah. We'll see how it goes. But I, like, who's a better option than him right now? Because he's the hot coach. He's playing well, coaching well. Team's doing well. We've heard random candidates like freaking Brian Harson to come back. Like what? Would they? I, they're not getting Sean Lewis because we'll talk about that. He's going to San Diego State, which would have been a good hire. I don't. I think he'll be fine. I think he'd be a great hire for them. You know, he they had the continuity. The players mm-hmm. seem to love him. Harson uh, seems to be in on Boise State. I don't know if he's campaigning for the job. Uh, maybe maybe Spencer brings him in as an offensive analyst or something. Yeah, I can do it what, what Cutter did before. He's still getting that yeah. Auburn money. Because <laughs> I could see him like that's a legit thing. You could I could see him being like do what they do at Alabama, Sarkeesian, Lynn Kiff, and all these guys go there and be analysts, and then all right, I'm good. My my offsetting pay, whatever, is done or something. He'll go get another coaching job. Mm-hmm. He's basically the same age as uh, Barry Odom. He's 47. So he's, he's, we know he's not done coaching. It just kind of depends where and how. Yeah. I just hate retread coaches. It's like, just, no, you've been there, done that. And he, like, here's my main reason not to get him. He pissed all over the conference. He complained about the leadership within his own school. He complained about support. You want that guy back who's grumpy if there's one game where they drop to. 30,000 instead of 37,000, he gets all upset because they don't bring a huge car when they play Cal Poly or Sac State. I don't want that guy around. He's too negative. Mm-hmm. And just real quick, if you, if, you, if we're in the type of time frame where players are able to get actual money, some money toward their value and stuff, he did not want to do that at Auburn. I've said this before in the podcast. He, he, he'd give the stiff arm to freaking Bo Jackson to operate. I'm like, what are you doing? You're a complete idiot to not play the game a little bit instead of going hiding in Mexico during offseason. You you have to go meet people. We have Bo Jackson, literally the best athlete, like one of the top ten athletes in American history, best one ever at your school. Maybe put Cam Newton there because he won a national title. But when you say no to Bo Jackson, well, who, what are you doing? Who are you? And he, He's just too negative and complained and wanted out of the conference. Is he going to want to feel the same way in a couple of years? I'd, I'd say no. Don't do it. All right. I think if, I I do think momentum. If they win, I definitely think he's a coach. If he loses, I'd say toss up. I can agree with that. All right. So Sean Lewis is going to San Diego State. Do the Aztecs finally have it, Josh? Do they actually have a guy who can run offense and do the what do you call it, the Flash Aztec or something? The Flash I, I, the Flash Tech. No, no, hold on. Who did the who did the quote tweet? Was that you or is that Matt? No, it's Matt. I know what it was. I trying to I trying to pull it up too. It was Montezuma. Yes, Zoom. Yes, that is so much better than Aztec Flash. I am sorry. I'm sorry, Aztec Fast because it's Flash Fast. It's yeah. it's the thing. Boy, that was it. The uh, what did we talk when Norvell was in Nevada? What were they calling it? They trying to change the name or something? Like no, we had the perfect name. Well, they need I to. Forget. I forget what they. They need to come that. to us. We have the Quinterback. This guy has a Montezuma. We need people like no coaches are boring. Give us better names. Aztec fast. It's not bad. Be, it's not bad. To, to, be, but. to be fair, and I hate to say this because uh-huh. I hate them. The show. The show came up with that. That's fine. That's okay. 
They, they've got here's the thing. They've gotten better the past couple of years when people have handed off leadership of that account because a couple of years ago it was terrible and brutal and just flat out mean and disrespectful and no fun. Yeah. You can you can have fun and kind of screw around with your rivals, but I do like Zuma. So this hire, I said it for me and Matt do this show forever. I said it forever. If they had a quarterback who was just slightly above average, they would be they, nobody could touch this team in the conference. Like they would be crushing everybody with ease. They have assuming now I know a new coach and they've been dropping down a bit defensively, not super elite, but still really good. Running game has been bad since Greg Bell in the first half of 2020. I know Donald Pumphrey and Richard Penny are generational talents, but they've had a stable running backs forever. They've had like Jesse Matthews, good receivers, like Mark Redmond, the tight end this year. Really good guys that can play. They get a quarterback that's a little bit better than Christian Chapman, who was fine and more of a, what, 16 of 22, 190 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, that type of guy. Mm-hmm. You get a guy who can throw 250, one, 1.8 TDs a game, maybe half a pick a game, with a good running game. There's no reason this team shouldn't, with this coach, like uh, they should be the best team in the conference with this coaching staff. What they're going to do, I don't, I'm not sure if like Ryan Lindley's hanging on or anybody else. Or he's just going to clean house. But I think I, this I, is a huge hire. Amazing, it, it definitely is. I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit when we talked about it last about what they should do, and they did it. They went in the complete opposite direction. You know, they went offensive and not defensive. So now's the question is if the, if did. I, I may jinx it, but like, what if they reverse it and their defense goes to crap? You're Washington State, and that's exciting football. You know what that is? You're at least fun. Yeah. Do you want to be okay? What, what, okay, pick your poison. Do you want to be Iowa, who's ten and two, wins twelve to eight games, or do you rather be Washington State, seven to five, playing games that are forty five, forty two, last team gets the ball wins? What would you rather have as a team? As a fan or as a player? As a fan to root for. What would you rather have? I'd rather watch the exciting game. Yeah. No yeah, if your team – like, I, I like University of Utah. There's some games this year. I'm like, this is – the Oregon State game, like, this is dreadful. This is not fun to watch. They're playing certain teams. They go up and beat the crap out of Arizona State. Cool, that was fun. But I'd rather be a team that wins seven, eight, nine games in every game exciting than win 12 to 6. And it's just not – and you're – well, I always get the bike kick by Michigan by four touchdowns at least. Mm-hmm. And there's no way, and so at the very least, you're interesting and fun, and that's and guess what? Call some balls a TV show. <laughs> that's what I want to see every week. And if you're good <laughs> and exciting, sign me up to watch the Aztecs play. But I think I don't think the defense is that crappy because when he was at Kent State, it took him two years to go from middle of the pack to top two offenses in the conference, and he noticed that Colorado Josh after his first couple of games. They took away play calling a bit. Like, oh, we're changing. They weren't very good. But also their offensive line sucked. Well, I also think it was um, – so they, someone, someone touched on this a little bit. I found I found an article about it mm-hmm. where Sanders um, just wasn't, like, running the offense the way he wanted because they, they were talking about it. And Sean Lewis was, you know, quick tempo, quick passes, get the ball out as soon as you can. Yeah. And Sanders was holding on to the ball. So some of those sacks are definitely like – yeah, it's like it's more on the O line, but some of the sacks were on Sanders because uh, he was trying to he was trying to develop an offense because he knew the O line he had 
and and Lewis was trying to get around that. And that's the offense that he's had since he was at Kent State. It's that quick fire offense. Mm-hmm. And you know, he tried he tried to approach Sanders and Sanders just turned away. So I don't I don't know how much else he could do there. Because he held the ball. Yeah, he held the ball a lot. That's why he gets sacked a million times. So I think this could be like it's gonna unless Boise does some crazy there's the hire is not gonna be better than this. Unless they can pull I don't even know who they could pull out who would be better. Like I kept saying, like even in mid October, Sean Lewis, bring him out here. He went to he took a huge gamble going from against because the Mac is just a bunch of guys. There's no like Jason Campbell's out there anymore. Moved on to Iowa State. There's not many guys that move on to get bigger jobs. It's kind of get you eat each other alive, and you kind of just sit there in purgatory. So he made a move, which I think some coaches could do. Go to be an OC at a big place. Colorado's not not necessarily a big place, but a big conference. Got the attention the first month. People already knew he was a good coach. No matter if Colorado went one and eleven, people would still want him to be head coach somewhere for what he could do. There's no stink on him for how it ended up being or how the season ended up. He had enough bright spots, showed what he can do, and it's going to be – it'll take him a minute to get this thing going, but like with the quarterback they have, there's a possibility they could be pretty good right away. Yeah, you know, and they, and they de- it definitely showed like when like, – where he got demoted. Like you could definitely tell there's a different tone in the offense. And like that, that's what teams wanted – that's what um, administrators wanted to see. They could see the offense that he wants to run. And now he's mm-hmm. got the team that he can build around – with much more resources than he had at Kent State. Yeah. So I think this is a pretty a great move. It'll be awesome. And then let's talk about Barry Odom real quick. Let's, we'll get the, folks, we'll get to the championship game stuff later. We got the news here. You got to stick around for the the appetizer. So Barry Odom's name is being mentioned everywhere. Why uh, Why would you go to University of Houston? Isn't that like Missouri South, essentially, when he was there before in the SEC? <laughs> more money, but I don't know if – it's less expectations than Missouri. Houston wants desperately University Houston to not be in the shadow of every other school in the state, essentially. They got left out in the Southwest Conference 20-something years ago. They've been clawing their way back in. They're finally there. They hosted Texas this year. That was cool. They almost beat them. They want to be a big-time team and program. And they tried to with Dana Holgerson to bring him in. That kind of worked for a minute. But it's going to take years. Does he want to start... With a roster, because he's at Missouri, they went from the Big 12 to the SEC. They already had, within the neighborhood, the talent they would need. You're going from an American school to a Big 12 school. Look how long it took Utah or TCU to get really good in their conference. It takes time. Louisville mm-hmm. took them in to get there when they moved, bounced around the Big East, American, ACC, all that type of stuff. It takes years. Are they going to be patient with them to give them a full five-year deal to figure things out? Conference has no identity in the Big 12. The te- the, when it comes next year, the two best teams aren't even in the conference at the moment, Utah and Arizona. They're going to still be a whatever team. I think in his age, like if you were to do this, like what he's done, he... he okay, let me ask you this because I'm still hogging things, but who should be coach of the year nationally? Should, is Barry Odom up there to be like a top three guy? Somehow they're going to put... They're, they may put Kirk Ferentz up there. But Why? No. Zero. No. I'm trying to think who could be. I can see Sarkeesian if they make the playoff at Texas, possibly. That would be fair. Even though he did not win Big 12 Coach of the Year, Mike Gundy got that award today. 
<laughs> Which is probably the coaches saying, screw you, we're not voting for either OU or Texas, and both are deserving. Uh, and Venerables won't get them in the playoff. Um, Norvell, Florida State, had they had their full complement of players, like Jordan Travis, and to make the playoff, it would be him, but I don't think he'll get it now anymore. Just because that's tough, right? To, I don't know. He's he, he's probably in the conversation, but Barry Odom has to be there. I don't think he'll get it, but it's like all these awards I vote for. It's all Power Five or Bus guys. I'm like, there's good players outside of there, outside of these leagues. So, but should, would he go? Like, is he going to go? Like, who? He's been attached like a million jobs. I mean, it depends. I mean, he's close to two million at UNLV. He has committed resources from the university. It just depends on if he wants to get back to that bigger level. Yeah, I don't know. He, he's not old. He's not that old. He's about 45, 46. We figured out the other day. Yeah, he's in his mid, like, mid-40s. Yeah. So, I thought he's older. So it's not like he's just going to chill and hang out and win. But I, he's not from Vegas, so it wouldn't be a problem if he'd leave and go anywhere else. Nobody should be surprised. I just don't think Houston's the right move. I, I will say the other thing that he is an Oklahoma guy, so mm-hmm. he might not want to go and help any school in Texas. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a stretch, but yeah, he can. He's not in the same conference. He'd be in conference at Oklahoma State, but I'm trying to see like where would who would I don't know. He's he didn't he didn't he also take Missouri to the SEC title game? Was he the coach that did that? He might have been. I'm not off the top of my head. So he's know. he's done good things. So I don't know. His are it's like why didn't Arkansas just they're a mess right now. They just fired him and promoted Garrett Pittman last year. <laughs> he's in a weird spot. I don't know because he's not from the West. He's not from this. He took this job to get from remember because it's also he's been Missouri SEC. He was um oh, that's Petrino. He was Arkansas coordinator. I think Missouri State. He's been around. I. I think he'll be one more year. Because here's what's going to happen. With the playoff expanding, team, more teams want to have expectations that they should be in the playoff that have no business. So I could see some random team who's number 22. Who's number two in the 20? Who's, like, who's number 22 in the rankings right now? Do you have that in front of you? Kansas no. State or something? Let me pull up here. That might be too late or something. But I could see a team who is – let me pull up here. Uh, NC State. Like, we should be in the playoff. We're that close. And firing all these coaches. There'll be a million. Next year, there'll be a million more coaches' op- op- job openings. And I can see him having more opportunities because all these schools, Tennessee, um, Oregon State doesn't apply at the moment. But uh, maybe Kansas State or something like that. Or in and I have an LSU. But James Franklin, if they're Penn State's at 15, oh, we should be in the playoff. We're out of here. There will be a lot more jobs opening next year. I think that might be when he goes decides to go. Yeah, we'll see. Is he staying? Do you think? Do you have any thoughts? I think it, I, I'm not sure. Um, I know. Same. I know he likes the head coaching job. It just depends on if money is a motivating factor for him or not. Because I mean, if it's not, and he just wants success, yeah, I could see him staying. People like money, right? Two million dollars goes a long way anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on to this. We're gonna get, we'll get the game. I'm telling you, just a moment. So, conference player of the year. Do you, do you have any thoughts going through? Like the, we'll make this quick. Like the postseason player of the year, Asha Genty, player of the year, not a shock. She have on Cordier, first team quarterback. Did anything surprise you outside of maybe? Uh, well, that's a national award. 
But any surprise you saw from like the, all these awards that came out? No, I think everything looks good defensively. I don't, your your like, boy Mohamed Kamara got defense player of the year. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, for all the first, the first teams look right. Everything looks good. I don't have a problem with anything. What? I mean, you, You're fun. <laughs> I, I'm just like the, the, <laughs> the closest thing I could say is you could maybe make a case for um, this for CSU's quarterback for freshman of the year. That's maybe the closest I could give you. Could you have seen a scenario you put uh, Krosky Merritt in first team running back over um, what's his name, Kyrie Robinson? Your boy Kyrie? <laughs> no, because Krosky Merritt was more one dimensional, and both okay. those running backs were both runners and receivers. Okay, just that's that's like the only thing I was trying to stretch to think what I could do. Like Don Holker made the right choice of tight end, Redmond, same guy. Defenders, offensive line. I do not like because we're putting our own list out. Our buddy Matt's put it out. We're gonna have this, I think, Friday at some point. The only thing I don't like is that they put offensive line. That's it, and defensive line. We go tackle, center, guard, defensive end, outside linebacker. We even put in a flex defender. So I say our, ours are more superior because we actually do the. Because you can have five tackles on the offensive line. That's not fair. That's not how you play football, is it? Last time I checked. <laughs> There's probably you could probably nitpick some offensive line, but I was just curious. Like everything seemed up on the up and up for the most part. You had special, yeah. Terrell Vaughn made it, so let's move on to the game. Let's get let's this we're we're too boring agreeing on all this. So this game, the Mount Wish Championship game, Saturday afternoon, noon Pacific, three Eastern, Big Boy Fox, Boise State hosting. Or excuse me, that's probably a slip. People thought they should host possibly going to UNLV. Just, and I apologize to San Jose, San Jose State fans. You guys are playing quite well. It's not fair. The tiebreaker is weird. Before we before we really get into it, did you see that post about the different conference tiebreakers? Yeah, San Jose State would be like in half of them, right? No, they'd be in the majority of them. There was <laughs> only three conferences where UNLV made it, and they were all G5s. That's weird. Like, there was – like, looking at it – what other like I didn't look at what I saw the list. I'm not sure what tiebreakers they used, but I'm okay. I, I'm kind of okay with this game situation setup we talked about in the last show. I just, to be fair, I think San Jose State has been playing the best football right now in the conference. It's not close. Yeah, that, that early season cost them, and also especially. Especially if they had beaten Toledo with their with the record Toledo has. Oh yeah, they're gonna win the MAC. They would be in because of the computer ratings. Or, well, there's that late pick in that game, but also don't blow a twenty point lead to Boise State either. That too. So they're not def sorry guilt free here, but it's just it's hard. It's tough. They're they're gonna play a bold game. They'll win. They'll be fine. They had a tough non conference schedule and they got going late. So this game here. The line at the moment is Boise by two and a half. Opened up three, went to two. It looks like it's kind of settling right around basically the field goal. What is the – when you look at this matchup, because these, it's, I also like this matchup, Josh, because these teams didn't play each other. Mm-hmm. Rematch if it happened, whatever, but I like that they haven't played because we could have seen either Boise, San Jose, or San Jose, UNLV, and they played each other. Especially back-to-back. We had that a while ago. That was annoying. Where do you want to start? Like, what's the big thing, big picture thing, like, stands out to you in this game? I want this is kind of like your main 
thing you're looking at. Is it you have two inexperienced coaches in this particular situation? You have two um, one quarterback with UNLV's never played here before. UNLV's all new experience. Boise's kind of been here before. Does that kind of impact who could like? Can use that any? That's kind of what I thought. Big picture, like the experience factor of being in this type of game. I mean, it, it's definitely a factor, but I think the biggest key for me is how one-dimensional Boise can make UNLV, mm-hmm. and how um, how UNLV's defense responds to you know Boise's ball control. They've been running the past few weeks. Those are the two big keys for me, like defensively. Because the offenses are going to do what what they do. Like you, you're going to have, like I said, ball control on Boise side. Now that um, Maddox Mason or Maddox Matson got surgery, and Taylor Green's been running the show, you know, really effectively these past few weeks. I definitely think the the firing of Avalos has helped him, so like as as much as anyone. And you know, he's 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 basically what we thought SD, what San Diego state should have as a quarterback, you know, he's mm-hmm. a running quarterback. He's somewhat effective through the air with a dominant running game on the ground. So if, if those two can, can, can mesh like offensively for Boise, like that, that I think that wins them the game. And now it just comes down to how does UNLV respond on defense? Meanwhile, for UNLV, it's all right. Can you make, can you, run that complimentary offense can you throw it to ricky white can you run it with your cadre of running backs because i think they have like mm, a couple guys five running backs with 200 plus yards yeah they're Excuse pretty me, four running backs and jane uh, and jane Maiva, uh who, who all have and they have 36 rushing touchdowns as a team it's pretty good which, yeah so it's it's how one-dimensional can you make UNLV for Boise, and why is it make them throw the ball to Ricky White the entire time? Like, Ricky White's going to do what Ricky White does, but if you can, I think I said the opposite before in our little pre pre podcast chat. Yeah, yeah. But, but as I'm as I'm talking to myself, I think forcing Ricky White to do everything is actually the key. That's what they have to do. I yeah, because he's going to get his no matter what. It just means is he going to get twenty targets and get ten catches? Or is he going to catch twelve or thirteen? Because that's a big thing too. If he's if he's targeted all the time, he can't get it. That's an issue. But I could see like he's a big deal for Boise to win. I think it's just Ashley Gentry, George Shalani. Yeah. Them having those two guys and Gentry's clearly player of the year, as we mentioned, elite, elite, elite running back. And Halani's not that far behind. He's just his health has never been there for most of his career. But he, I would not be shocked that both guys get hundred yards. That wouldn't surprise me. So I think. That I would... think this is, I think this is Halani's game. I Ooh. I filled out our little sheet before before we started, and I put Halani as my offensive MVP. I think this is his game to shine. I know we I know what I think they know what Genty brings, but they Halani's been the the bell cow for so long, and he still is. And you're right about his injury history, but he brings so much to this offense with how forceful he runs. And the fact that he's he can speed away with it too, but it's he just brings so he just brings a different dynamic to this offense that I think they needed. Yeah, if they have those two guys back there, and then also I think having just Taylor Green as quarterback, that's it. They're not sh- shifting or sharing. That consistency helps because they were 
Dude, the way they were splitting QBs, it wasn't like drive for drive. It was like, all right, this drive you're in, this play you're in. You play two plays, now switch. That's got to be yeah, just kind of hard. And this having that one quarterback, even though I think Green's not the better of the two, but he's he's clearly fine and, ha- and makes plays as good. But knowing you're the guy the whole time, you can be a little more aggressive. You can afford to try a little bit. Don't be as conservative because before it's like, oh, if you make one bad play, you're out. Now he has room to do things. Maybe he's more comfortable. Yeah. But yeah, I for UNLV on offense, it's Ricky White. Get Ricky White the ball as much as you can, and if they're gonna cover him, and I don't know how they'll play him, they can bracket him, shadow him, do what they're gonna do, because they just have not many other guys beyond there that are gonna catch the ball. But I think it's gonna be a heavy dose of Vincent Davis, Jet Thomas, Lester, Reese, all the coordinators, all those guys. They have enough backs where they can just brew, go up, and if they if they all play pretty well. Like my um, that's my number, so no, I'm gonna skip that. But these guys all score touchdowns. They all average over four yards a carry. They make teams and players miss and move, and like can't or just can't get to them. They have enough depth there to where they can roll whoever's out there. And if they all do kind of what they're normally gonna do, it's gonna open everything up to get Ricky White and others the ball. Yep. And so that's why I think like that's their depth right there. So who, if we go like through positions, who's the best, better quarterback? Is it Maeva or would you go Taylor Green? Who would you pick? It's, it's Maeva. I'd put UNLV. Okay, so we have these kind of groups. Running back, Boise State, right, overall? That's going to be the – those are the closest too, even though Genji's like amazingly elite and better. I still yeah. think this position group is close, right? I, th- I think it's close, but just due to the fact that like you knew what Boise State was going to do, and they still did it, is why I gave them the edge. Yeah, I think, yeah, the playmaking ability that, like, I know, boys, UNLV may have 250 yards rushing, but like six guys are getting up there or something, right? Where it's like 60, 40, 40, 30, or something like that, where they'll get like 65 yards, which is not to say it's bad, but you don't have that one main guy. I just, like, what, thinking about how these teams play, watching how they play. There's going to be some trick plays by these teams. I like to do some of that type of stuff. Is there going to be a situation where we see them offense? Like how aggressive are these guys going to be? Because teams nowadays, I love it when it's like fourth and short, they go for it. Is there going to be, this could have been a good thing to put for, maybe I'll change my kind of wild prediction of some sort. Is there going to be an or a Dan Landing situation in this game where a team that definitely should have either done the opposite, whether they punt it at midfield or they don't go they decide to go they decide to go for it on fourth and short but miss it when they could have kicked the field goal and get the ball. Do you think that one of those situations will pop up? I think there'll be at least one of those. Did you you said Dan Lanning, are we talking Dan Lanning versus CU and he misses? No, like uh No, because he remember he pulled like he pulled a fake punt on fourth and three from like his seventeen. I don't remember that. I thought about versus Washington when we lost. Oh no! I thought you were talking. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about CU. I I don't think it'll happen in the first half. And if it does, that whoever made that call is stupid and should be fired. <laughs> Landon, you're I out think, of here. I don't. I don't think you'll see Risky until midway through the third quarter. Yeah, like Risky. I think, I think you will see a, a fake fake field goal, fake punt at some point. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it's you're at your own 48 yard line. It's fourth and two, and they punt. Like, is that going to happen? Are the coaches going to cur- curl up, up in here and be like, ooh, we're going to hang on tight? 
Is that going to be the case? You need to roll the dice, man. You're in Vegas. Go for it. 48. That one's tough. Why? If it's close, Come on, man. If it's two, close, two yards. If, but it's the 48. So? If it's the 42, I say yes. I the, It's six yards, but that's a big difference to me. Well, six yards. Yes. No, I'm saying if you're, you're, if you're basically, you're half the field by a couple. And you, if you didn't get to midfield to get the first down, you go for it if it's two yards. On your side of the field, no. On the other side of the field, maybe. Oh, that's four-yard difference. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, midfield's a barrier for a lot of people. And that's dumb. But what, the invisible curtain there? For a lot of coaches, yes. Here's the thing. Boise State has is the best converting team on fourth down, 8-10 for the year. UNLV is 7-15. So UNLV is a bit more aggressive. I just like to take chances. The odds if you make it are better. But I, I get the point. If it's like the first, like, it's, there's time to do it. But I'm like, if you if it's fourth and under two, and you're here's a, if I was a coach, here's how I'm playing, Josh. If I'm beyond my forty yard line, and it's less than th- if it's about three yards or less, I'm going for it every time. Maybe I'm a terrible coach, but if I get to my own forty, I'd go for it every time if it's fourth and three. I can see. Would you? How, how do you feel about my coaching philosophy here? <laughs> Am I fired already? <laughs> Well, what are you? Are you that um, that high school coach from? No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, team no punt. Yeah, the guy never punts ever. Not that guy. All right, but I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it as long as you're confident you can get it. You you should be able to get three yards. Should be the operative word there. Yeah, I'm just yeah. So what we look at? What else? Big picture things like look at defense here. Boise has their defense. Sacks. Sacks is the big thing for me. What, what, for which player or which team? For both. Because so, um, let me pull up stats. I have the stats up, and I said we're going to the right, right page. So Boise has only given up thirteen sacks. UNLV has given up seventeen. It's pretty However, good. UNLV has thirty-two. Sa- uh, excuse me, 24. twenty-four sacks, and Boise has 34. thirty-three. Yeah. Uh, Boise leads the league in sacks. Do they? Yeah, thirty-four. They pass, they have one more than your Rams. I damn, I thought CSU had. All right, sorry, man. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's definitely. I think that that's the big key too. Is like who can who can protect the quarterback and whatnot. Is is you know is the is the offensive line just going to be run 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 and then you know. On the the five pass plays they run, are they all sacks and something like that? Well, we look at we look at the sacks. You have Ahmed uh, Ahmed Hassan for Boise, twelve sacks. You have Andrew Simpson, six and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. UNLV doesn't have a legit sack leader on their team. Who is it? Am I right? Is it Jared Williams? The three is he the leading sack person? Yeah, a DB is your leading sack. Yeah, that's not great. Like Whitmore is really good on sacks, but. They have overall they're they're okay, but Boise has more playmakers up front. Even Marco, they have before you get yeah those two guys. And Boise has like three guys up through Ted Benfield or Braxton Feely, those type of guys. But another DBs, which isn't great. They have one safety there in a ben, Benfield, but or Benfield. But Boise State has two legit all conference type players up front mm-hmm. and in linebacker. UNLV doesn't have that attack mode type of player in defense. I mean, they they do, which is why I think they don't 
I don't think they're that run up the field type of defense. They're that the defensive line is there to, mm-hmm. you know, clog up the lanes. And then you're going to have the linebackers come in to finish, which is why, you know, Jackson Woodard is, you know, yeah. it's 104 tackles. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. And he has, uh, yeah, 47 solos. It's, uh, I, I, I want to, if you're going to win this game, you want to get to make plays. So who makes more plays on defense? I think it's Boise State, right? Yeah, I, Boise. I like UNLV is one of those "Hey, we're here" type of defenses. Where Boise, I think Boise State is more of that flash type. Well, I would say with Jackson Turner and Cam Oliver have seven interceptions combined. That's better than what Boise does because Boise's weaknesses are secondary. Yeah, like I did put Amar uh, for my. Okay, I'll spoil this here. Did I put him MVP or put surprise player. Hold on. Um, yeah, but under the radar player could be a Marion McCoy. We'll get to all these. Like under the under the radar player who can make an impact. I think that's a legit possibility because of what he's uh, when he watched what he's done overall. Yeah, he only has two picks, but he has. I'm trying to see how many pass breakups he has. He's up there near the top of the conference in hold on miscellaneous defense here with like five pass breakups. I think that could be something where. You don't expect him to do a lot, but he's a guy out there. Okay, he could be something. But that's Boise's weakest part is their secondary. Mm-hmm. And so I could see him having a potential type of game, like a, a kind of a random guy. Like he's middle of the pack, pass defense. I thought they had more. But when you look at overall at Boise, they have like Jalen Clark. Okay, he's pretty good. But they don't have anybody like elite, elite, elite. McCoy has a couple picks, but not UNLV makes more plays, I think, overall. Big plays. I think this is going to be a big play game. Is Ashton Genty going to get what he did last week for San Jose or Air Force? What do you have a 50 yarder, a couple of 50 yarders somewhere in that range? I think he had a 75 yarder and a 50 yarder. That's right. Yeah, one was a short pass, I think. Yeah. But who's going to make the big plays? Is it Ricky White going for a 60 yard touchdown bomb? Is it going to be Taylor Green going off the edge for something or Ashton Genty? Is it going to be a pick six? Is it going to be? I don't know. It's going to be the one of the best. I don't. I don't know. A sixty-yard field goal to win the game. I would. I think there's. There's got to be. There's going to be some game-breaking play. I think in this game. It's going to have to be. It can't be boring. This is not going to be a twenty-four to twenty game. I'd say 27-21 is my prediction. Okay. Well, whatever. Fine. Cool. No. I also. I also. My bold prediction was five plus combined turnovers. That's good. Well, my bull, okay, here's my wild prediction. This might be boring, but I put a trick play that goes horribly wrong and turns results in a turnover. So it's. Oh, I mean, that, that's guaranteed to happen. That's just going to happen. Is that not bold enough? Oh, man, I thought trying to. Because it's like the uh, trick play, the quarterback, or the quarterback does the flea, not flea flicker, but like the end of the round, the wide receiver. I'm going to throw it. I played quarterback in high school, dude, and he forces it, and it gets terribly underthrown or something. I picks it off. So I can see that happening. Uh,. Watch him call the watch him call the fake the jet sweep to Caden Dudley. Oh boy! Again. <laughs> oh man! That's still the funniest thing I've I've seen. Like I realize I know what they're like. They they hold up multiple signs, and you know the quarterback <laughs> just reads it. It just yeah. happened to be that the the camera angle had the perfect shot to show Caden's jet sweep or Caden jet, and then they ran the jet sweep to Caden Dudley. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to say like this this game whatever happens UNLV I this not me saying oh good to be there good job guys you made it 
they're there to win it, man. There's no reason they can't win. I don't see an edge big enough. Actually, well, actually, Gentis could be the biggest playmaker. But if they let's say they hold him to hundred and okay, this might seem like a lot, like one hundred twenty-five total yards. So say he gets like seventy-five, okay, one ten, like seventy-five rushing, like forty receiving. Can can you UNLV win if they hold him to that amount of yards? So for everyone or just Genty, Genty, like he gets one ten combined rushing and receiving. It depends on Holani. I I know, but I'm just saying, like, what is does Genty have to have? A, do you have a magic number for Genty to get to and they win? But you have Holani as your MVP, so maybe it's hard to uh, get a good assessment here. I mean, magic number for Boise to win or UNLV to win? You and Boise for Boise, yeah. 150 combined rushing yards for those two. Yeah, um, no total yards for Genty. Oh, Genty. Okay, that's fair. Okay, that, that's for, a good number for, for I, UNLV. It's yeah, it's probably 120 below. Okay, so it's not that big of a difference there. Okay. No. Yeah, I think he's a key player. I think Ricky White has to have a big game. I think Maeva will see how he is as a freshman. Um, but also both coaches, like, again, new, brand new. Like, I'm wondering if the, with Boise and their, like, interim coach there, is he going to be aggressive or is going to play well enough? Is he going to want to be super? That's why I kind of mentioned, like, oh, fourth and two, go for it. Fourth and three. Is he going to be super aggressive? Cause is he coaching for, his, for a head coaching job here? Is he going to overdo it possibly? I think that's on the table. I mean that that's that's definitely a good question. Like it, it yeah, it is it depends and we'll definitely see, you know, the first couple drives. So what else do we have about this Anything special team, anything else we need to get to? We'll go through our bold predictions, one of our kind of our other guys made on the site. Anything else to add about this game before we give our official picks? Quarterback play, does that make a difference? My is a, a freshman come playing this type of game. Taylor Green has been around for a minute. No, I, I think they're relatively equal special teams. Um, this one is could just be a coin flip game. I mean, I've, I've made my predictions, but I, I could see it going either way. Because looking overall, going by, we, we're going to have a position breakdown on the website, not solid in here, but I put core. I didn't, here's why I think that's a smart idea. I didn't make a push category. So um, there could be a push, but I put you to big Rebels or Broncos. So quarterback. I put UNLV. Me too. I put for I put offensive line. I put Boise, running back Boise, defensive line linebacker Boise. I think where UNLV has the edge is wide receiver, quarterback, secondary, and probably special teams. I did give UNLV special teams. Uh, the only difference, I put UNLV's linebackers as the bigger the. As the winner, I'm trying to remember what I did. They're pretty close, but there could be a push depending on how many people vote and everything. Yeah, if if you had if you had put a push category, linebackers would have been pushed. But I didn't want I, to. I, I want people people pick. To UNLV. <laughs> I I can see quarterback being a push possibly as well. Yeah, there's there's that too. But I'd lead, I'd leaning my Ava. So here's what we have here. We'll wrap it up here momentarily. We don't need to go forever on the one game here. So we'll give our picks the minutes. So my offensive MVP. I'm going simple with Ashton Genty. And you, who'd you go with again? Let people know. Say it loud and clear. I, I said George Halani because I think they're going to be so, – they're, you know, I mean, there's only one running back in the game at it, usually at the time, but I think this is – I think George Halani wants, wants it more this time. Okay. Who's your defensive – we have the same defensive MVP, Ahmad Hassanin, Hassanin, Hassanin for Boise. 
I mean, there's just there's two. I mean, he he's, he's so just good. been a force. He has 12 sacks. I, if it wasn't for Mo Kamara just going off at the beginning of the year, he probably would have been defensive player of the year. We should know Matt or Matt put his likes UNLV, so puts Maeva for MV, MVP. He puts Jackson Wood Woodard. If I'm for for Vegas, if I'm going to pick, if I'm going to go the other way around, if I'm picking, because this obviously tells us who we're picking leading to win. If yeah. you if UNLV wins, if it's, if I'm going there, I'm going Ricky White, and I'm probably I'm going probably Cam Oliver or Jackson Woodard for the MVP if UNLV wins. I get. I could definitely see that. I could also definitely see, you know, one of the running backs from UNLV getting offensive too. Sure, if they get like three touchdowns or something. Yeah, if Jaden Thomas has another four touchdown game. Something like that. <laughs> so under the who's your under? I almost picked. Um, oh, did you did you just change your under the radar player? I did. I almost I did. had who you had before. I was gonna go with with the tight end for Riley Smith of Boise State. I was gonna pick him. I know. I, I thought this might be a, a time for him to break out, but he still only has nine catches on the year. Ugh. And I feel like, you know, with all the attention on they, because they don't really throw the tight end that much. I feel like all with all the attention on the running backs, you know, it might be time for a receiver breakout. That's what I kind of thought. Too. So I, was, I, I was looking like he's a name. So you go with Stephen Cobbs, right? Yeah. I'm going with, uh, I've already mentioned, Amarian McCoy, CB for Boise, because if he's lined up against, like, Ricky White, he makes plays, he has five, a couple pass breakups, he knocks something down. That's, because when I'm looking for an underrated player to make impact, we could go spent return or special teams. That guys could, Those guys can always make an impact. Um, the other options on here, people chose DJ Shran, Boise State, and New Vegas uh, linebacker Marcel McDuffie. If you're looking at who's going to make under radar, it's going to be, like a cornerback or some defensive player you don't know make a big play. Or it's a special teams guy. So that's kind of what we have. Or like wide receiver number three, which you don't have, but Boise's receivers aren't great. Mm-hmm. So your wild prediction was five plus turnovers? Yep. <laughs> Is that – I combined between both I teams. know. You want an ugly game? What's going on here, man? <laughs> I'm just saying. Mine was trick play goes horribly wrong, results in a turnover. Um. Our buddy Matt played Jet Thomas has the longest play from scrimmage. And oh, I love Brandon's here. Fake pump by UNLV that goes for a touchdown. Love it. Let's make all this happen. Every single one of these should happen in the games. So what's your prediction? What 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 do you got here? Give us your um winner and score projection. So I have Boise winning 27-21. So that's under, but Boise covering. Because over under is 58.5. I'm going Boise as well, if you can't tell by our picks, 34-28. And so they cover as well. I think, I, I'm, I'm honestly trying not to make this be like, oh, UNLV, you've never been here before, you've always sucked. I'm trying to stay away from that. But they just haven't been playing amazingly well the past couple weeks. Yeah, and, and that that's the thing. And I think if we mentioned this, I, at least I did at the first, is like, mm-hmm. UNLV just hasn't been, you're right, UNLV hasn't been playing good these past few weeks. And, Boise has that momentum, you know. They have that three wins in a row after firing Avalos. You know, they they beat Utah State, they beat Air Force to get into this title game. I don't, I don't think they want to rest on their laurels. I think they want to finish the job. Yeah, and we're nitpicking too. They lost to San Jose State by six points, but had to make a comeback. So that wasn't great. They beat a banged up Air Force by only four points, but they beat Wyoming by twenty. They beat New Mexico by fifty six fourteen and crushing. Basically, fire got Danny Gonzalez fired essentially. <laughs> So it's like they've been playing bad, but just not 
great. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's the team they lost to played close weren't bad, but anything else to add here? Any because we're wrapping up here. Anything else you're looking at? Considering no, I think we covered most of it. One last thing we had here, so I'm trying to see if I can pull this up from Bill Connolly, or excuse me, not Bill Connolly, ESPN, I thought it was Bill Connolly, but the numbers, oh, they do not have, I'm, I'm annoyed. This thing says, computers pick the teams, and, uh, hold on, I'm going to look at this now because I'm annoyed. Never mind, I looked at this incorrect. The title deceived me, Josh. I thought it said computers Pick okay. Tell me what if you saw this title. Maybe I'm a dummy, and we're gonna end on this with me being an idiot. It says computers pick UNLV Boise State for Mountain West title game. Mm. I thought it meant like, oh, the computers are picking the game. Like, oh, here's nope. what computer ratings have for who's gonna nope. win that matchup. Am I completely wrong? I read that poorly. <laughs> nope, they just wrote that. They just wrote that wrong. It's just a bad headline, right? Yep. Okay, I appreciate it. I. I will say FBI has it 56 to 44. For Boise? For Boise. Okay. That sounds right. I'm just annoyed. I read this. I'm like, oh, cool. Computer ratings have it. I'm like, wait a minute. All right. I'm annoyed now. I want the Mountain West team to win in this matchup. Whoever wins to be an amazing matchup. <laughs> I just – the better stories you you – like, what's the better story? We'll end on this, honestly. UNLV's never been there. Interim coach wins first ever conference title. That's never happened ever in college football. I mean, I think you could make a case for either. I'm, I'm going to split the middle, even though boys, even though Rebel Girl will say we're biased against UNLV. Oh I'll split gosh. the middle and say either either one would make a good story. Does she even listen? I don't understand. I blocked her on Twitter years ago. I have no no nonsense for her. <laughs> hey, you never know. Hey, Rebel, like, here's what I'll say. Rebel, UNLV is amazing. They are a fun team to watch. I saw them in person. They do a good job. They are a great football team this year. They've won. They have the most wins in the conference with nine wins. They, have to, they can get a 10-win season. The only other time they had a 10-win season, they got pulled the rug out from them for academically ineligible players with Randall Cunningham on, on the, as QB slash punter. So, don't say we're not rooting for, for your Rebel teams. I got Boise to winning. I would, if I'm going to just like, for pure funness, I want you, I wonder who I'm rooting for. I'll say right now, I'm rooting for you and it'll be to win. I want them to win. I just don't know if they'll get it done. We'll see what happens. All right, man. All right, we'll check it next time. We'll be on Twitter, MWC Wire, as long as Twitter's around because, uh, well, there's there's some stuff going on that's not looking good. So we may be uh, joining some other social networks to find us, but we'll be good over there. MWWire.com is around always, forever. That you can't, Elon Musk can't take that away from us, Josh. We're good, right? It's on the website. <laughs> All right, so hope your team wins. Even if you're not a fan of these teams, watch this game. It should be a good one. And we'll be back um, in a couple days to recap this matchup. And bowl season's upon us after that.